Lord, to you, Father God, to you be all the honor, all the glory.
and not be moved from the Word of God. And Father, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Just give him some praise, church. Glory, glory, glory. Praise you, Father God. Father, we glorify you. Father, we magnify you. Father, we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory. Yes. Well, we're going, God's going to fix it. God's going to fix it. Come on, Pastor Mike. So, so what, what, Brother Richard, do you all know what to believe for? Is when he had a stroke, it messed up his ability to speak properly and clearly. And he's ready to receive healing for that. That's right. Divinely healed. Divinely healed. Come on, give me your hand, Brother. Father, oh, we thank you for Brother Richard. Father, we know that you've already healed him from Parkinson's. Father, we know. We see it. We see the shake is gone. Father, we know that you can do miraculous things. And so, Father, we speak to this situation in his brain right now. Father, that area of your brain that was affected by the stroke, the, the ability to speak clearly, the ability to find the words that he's looking for, the ability to, to make the body function, the tongue and the lips to work as they should. Father God, we speak to that. We command that creative miracle to take place in Richard's body right now. We command every nerve, every pathway of the brain to function. Ah, I hear the Lord say, Oh, as you give me glory, as you give me honor, as you as you begin to speak and declare the victory. Oh, the words will flow. The words will flow easily. The, the words will flow. And it'll be a miraculous thing, and people will see it happening right in front of them. Oh, <laughs> don't, whatever the devil says, he's a liar. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, na 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 Anointing, anointing, Father. Father, it's your anointing that breaks the yoke. Father, this oil is nothing but a symbol of what's already been done. Oh, oh, there it is, there it is, right there. Clear and clear and sharp. Clear and sharp. The tongue is loose. Oh, no, no. <laughs>
three minutes here, five minutes there, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, all of a sudden your schedule is going to open up, son, because I have a plan, I have a purpose, I have a need for you. I have not forgotten that, which I spoke to you as a small boy, and I'm going to take you to those places that you saw yourself going, but it can't be by your hand, and it can't be by your might, it can only be by mine. So you've got to get submitted. You've got to get consecrated. You've got to get dedicated. And you've got to quit trying to make it happen on your own. And turn it over to me, so says the Lord. And I'll take you, oh, I'll bless you. And I'll take you to places you never thought were possible. And I'll give you the strength and the ability to stand in the world. And I'll give you, and I'll make your mouth my mouthpiece. Because that is your heart in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now, Father, bless me from the inside out. Blessing from the inside out. Blessing from the inside out. Thank you, Lord. Sundande, Mashaki Isha Dunde. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, I had no idea he was coming in this door this morning. But Father, you know you've had him on my heart. Father, you know, you know I've never released him. And so, Father, I thank you that all those prayers that have been prayed are beginning to take place in this life. Father, I thank you that the broke, that the yoke is broken. Father, I thank you. Oh, I thank you. There'll be peace in the home. 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 As he, as he gets before your face, peace will come. In Jesus' mighty name. I love you, sir. The Lord loves you. Just let the Lord work on it. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father God. It's amazing what the Lord will do when you pray from the tip to your toes with everything you got. Amen. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, glory, glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. Well, as you might be able to tell, we come refreshed with a new fire from the yeah. yeah. Thank you, Father. We're going to hold on to it. We're not going to let it go. It's not going to last. Listen, it's not going to last for a week or two weeks. We're going to keep it all year long, and next year we're going to go up. Well, it's not going to stop. Next year, we're going to go up even higher. Yes. Uh, and and I, want, I, want you to, I want you to know that, that, that you know, Thank camp you. is a life-changing experience. And it's not just for the young adults. Uh, the adults that go receive as well. And the adults that go, uh, they, get, they get prayed over. They get, they, they, they're receiving. They're learning. They're catching that fire. You know, half of this church went to camp this year. Yes, thank you, Father. And you can tell the difference. Yes, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And those that didn't go joined us online. Yes. So glory to God. Yeah, I, I would take the entire church if I could. Yeah. If you just sign up, we take you. Yes. Unless I, I mean, there were, and, and don't say I'm too old. There were two people at camp this year that were 75 years old. Well, they're 74. They'll be 75. Okay, they'll be the 75 this year. Okay. Close enough. Uh, they were, there was two people, and they were they were just as on fire as the youth were. They they played just as hard as the youth did. Yeah. 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 Paul, Paul was one yeah. one 
one uh, young at heart gentleman that uh, that he he played just as hard as the youth. He was a team leader for the youth. Yep. He he played every game with them, and he was enthusiastic, and he he was on fire, and he he was a leader for those children. Yeah. He set the pace for his team. Yes, he did. At seventy-five years old. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh he, he actually turned 75 in August, we figured out, so he's going ahead and counting it done. Because how much do you know, uh, when your birthday rolls around, that means that you've completed that many years. So he's completed 75 years. He's fixing to, uh, or he's fixing to complete his 75th year, even though by his birthday he'll only be 75, the way we counted out. Um, so he'll be actually entering into his 76th year. And not only did he just enter into his 76th year, is he getting ready to enter into that year, but his wife went home to glory three years ago, and he decided that uh, instead of uh, letting grief grab him, he was going to live for God. And uh, so he came to camp, and we didn't realize his age. Miss Sandra came to me uh, right after they got there. She pulled me aside, and she said, I had no idea he was that old. If I knew he was that old, I wouldn't have made him a team leader. Because the team leaders, they got to be right there with the kids all day long going and doing everything and listen the average age of the teenagers this year was 14 and a half years old when was the last time you kept up with a 14 and a half year old uh uh energy for energy for four and a half days straight uh it, it took it took a lot but i'm telling you what he when, when he got to camp he looked at me he said i got to, he said he said mr Hartman, sorry i said yes sir mr paul he said i gotta tell you something i said what's that he said, I may be 75, but I still got plenty to get up and go. And he started dancing in the cafeteria. And I said, well, praise God, you're going to need it. <laughs> praise God, you're going to need it. And he did. He got out there. He did the inflatable slip and slides. Oh, wow. He climbed the, the zip line tower and did the zip line. And he told me later, he said, man, he said, that's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. He's a Vietnam vet. He said, that's one of the hardest. He said, I said, he said, I wasn't sure I was, he said, I got to the top and I wasn't sure that I could get up there because there's nothing really to grab a hold of to kind of pull yourself up. He said, but I got up there and he said, I had such a blast zipping. He said, I'm coming back next year and doing it all over again. And, and, and climbing I, the tower to the, to the zip line, it, there's, there's no stairs. No, it, it's, it's ladders. It's, it's, it's ladders. It's ladders the whole and way. It's up there. It's, 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 a, it's a lot, it's physically exerting to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because you go up the ladder, and the ladder and you gotta get on the, the platform. The steps on the ladder are not. And they're not normal. They're height. They're like two foot steps. <laughs> so praise God, He did amazing. Um, and we're gonna do camp testimonies. But before we do that, uh, we're gonna do a couple other things. Go to Revelations chapter 12. Revelations chapter 12. We started a series last week on the power of praise. And uh, many people don't realize it, but when you share your testimony, when you share any part of your testimony, you're actually giving God praise. Amen. You're actually giving God glory. Many people don't don't understand how to praise, um, and I don't know that we're gonna. I, I thought we might touch on that a little bit today, uh, but I think the testimonies are probably gonna take most of our time. Uh, so before we do that, I want to give you a little bit of word this morning. So Revelations chapter 12 verse 11. Look at what uh, look what uh, John says by the Spirit of God. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, 
and they loved not their lives unto death. He's talking, and, and the person that he's talking about they overcome is the enemy, Satan. Yeah. Uh, not only Satan, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, um, wickedness in high places. He said that we, the believers of God, that we overcome <laughs> Satan and all of his tactics uh, by the blood of the Lamb, which we know is the blood of Jesus, and the word of their testimonies. And then it says, and they love not their lives on to death. Another word, because in this here in Revelation, we're actually studying Revelation, he's talking about, in this particular chapter, he's talking specifically about those, uh, those that get left behind and are now believers in Jesus Christ, and they're under extreme demonic attack, and they're under extreme persecution and martyrism. They're under extreme conditions, and yet they would not deny Christ. They would, they would, not, they would not deny Christ in order to save their physical experience. In other words, you know, because in that day, you're going to come under persecution, and they're going to persecute you and persecute you, and they're going to really torture some people um, until they deny Christ. And in this scripture, he said, no. He said, these people come, come, uh, they, come uh, uh, they, they overcome by the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. They didn't even care about the torture that was going on because they knew they win. They win. And uh, so many times in the world today, we get to looking at, well, you can't say anything against what other people believe um, because, well, they'll, they'll, they're going to persecute you. Listen, I'd rather be persecuted and, and hear, good job, well done, good and faithful servant, than to deny Christ. I, I, don't want the, I don't want the applause of man. I want the applause of God. That's what I want. I want the applause of, of God. And, uh, you know, so sometimes, there, listen, I can't even say sometimes, there has been heavy opposition in this country, a country created and founded upon God, yeah. for God, yeah. and there's such persecution out there that they're trying to and have almost nearly succeeded in closing the mouths of Christians. Yeah. In yeah. fact, many, 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 many pastors, prophets, evangelists, um, Apostles and teachers are backpedaling on the Word of God so that they can get the acceptance of Christ or the acceptance of people. Yes. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now: if you're dealing with alcohol, if you're dealing with with uh, vaping, if you're dealing with marijuana, if you're dealing with pornography, if you're dealing with the addiction of tattoos, if you're if you are gender confused, I'm not against you. I'm 100% for you. Amen. But I want you delivered out of the bondages of Satan. And out of the bondages of sin. Listen, and we listed the majors, but here's the deal. There's people that are in the bondage of depression. There's people in the bondages of fear and anxiety and worry. There's people in bondage all types. There's people in bondages to food. All kinds of addictions. All kinds of addictions. And I'm 100% for you. And I'm here to help you get delivered from those tactics of Satan. But if you come in my door and expect me to expect, if you come in this door and expect us to accept your sin, that's not going to happen. We want you to come in. We want you to hear the preaching of the word. 
If you'll come in and not be a disruption, but hear, hear and receive the living water of God, yes. you're welcome to come in the door right in the middle of your mess. Yeah. Right in the middle of your mess. Because we all started that way. Uh, listen, I know I have, I, I know I have wonderful permission from Jackie always. Listen, she will absolutely tell you that she'd come into the church hungover, high, possibly even still drunk, reeking of cigarettes, just getting out of, just getting out of, just, just coming, just coming to church right out of the heart, out of, directly out of sin, and coming to church, and all I'd do was hug her, she'd walk in the door, and I'd hug her, and I'd love her, and I'd tell her how much, how important she is, and I'd tell her how valuable she is, and I'd tell her how good, how much she means to me, and then I'd look her square in the eye, and I'd say, if you don't get clean, you're headed straight for hell. Why? Because I love her too much to not tell her the truth. Amen. That's right. Amen. I love her too much to not tell her the truth. And us as Christians, we've got to learn to become bold. And we've got to begin to say what Jesus has done for us. And we need to live in a man. Listen to me. This is so critical. We need Our lifestyle needs to be a lifestyle that will cause people to pause and take us seriously. Amen. Most Christians, listen. Some of the biggest sinner Christians don't. Man, they'll preach Jesus from the mountaintop. But then people look at their life and go, you're in more sin than I am. Why would I listen to you or why would I want your God? I know the bondage that my sin puts me in. Listen, the way you're going to reach people is to live clean. That's how you're going to reach people. Listen to me. Listen to me. Those people that, that you hang around, that are drinking, that are drugging, that are into pornography, that are lying. And expect to be a witness. Listen, right. you can't be right there with them and say, well, come on, I'm going to get down there with them and then I'm going to pull them up. No, they're going to pull you down. That's right. And so when you start to live, and I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, when you start to live for Jesus, you're going to go through a lonely spell. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and tell you. Why? Because when, that, when your friends get around you, they're going to come under the conviction of God. They're going to say that you're condemning them even though you ain't even opened your mouth. Just your presence, just the fact that you carry the anointing is going to bring them under conviction. And so when they mouth at you and when they fuss at you and when they tell you you're a goody two-shoes now and, and that you're just lame or whatever the current word is. What's the current word, girl? Lame, is that the current word? Lame. You know, oh, you're so lame, you're so boring, you don't do anything fun anymore. Just understand, they're not rebelling against you. They're rebelling against your Jesus. That's right. So you've got to tell them your testimony. So when you come in contact with the living God, don't be ashamed of your testimony. Because your testimony brings the victory. Come on, Pastor. So what the Lord says is that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. That means that by the blood of Jesus... And by our testimony, we'll, we'll overcome. We will, yeah. we will stand. Right. So, um, you know, I, I got a few notes from camp here. Come on. Just a few. But, you know, we, we had Brother Randy preaching at us, and we had the Holy Spirit talk, speaking to us this whole time. And, you know, I don't know if you know, uh, but Brother Randy's preaching uh, is about half of it, or, or somewhere, it might be more than half, of it, it's his testimony. Yeah. He preaches straight from his testimony. That's yeah. exactly true. And, 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 and he's got a lot of it. Uh, 
you can hear it for years and not hear it all. Oh yeah. Um, but he's just sharing his testimony, and it's and it's moving mountains uh, in 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 our lives. So, um, but you know, there's a lot of things in this world to overcome. And and what what brother, what I got out of one of Brother Randy's sermons, and out of, and out of the Holy Spirit that were speaking to me at the same time, uh, we're we're the chosen of God. Yeah. We're the chosen. Yeah. I mean, we're in here, we're all saved, we're all, we're all filled with the Holy Spirit. We are the chosen children of God. Um, and so that, what's that mean? That means that, that we are chosen to be on His team. Yes, He's ambassador. And, um, and we're given the authority of His name. Yes. And, we're, and we're called to be in His army. Yes. So, um, now, I want you to know that Satan's got a team too. And he's trying to deceive anybody he can and drag anybody he can into his team. Yep. Uh, so we got to watch out for that. Um, but you know, Satan, Satan. We already know that Satan's a defeated enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and, but we see why? Why is why? Why are we on a team if Satan's already defeated? Because we have to. We have to enforce that defeat. Yes. Yeah, Jesus did right. the work, and then he gave his authority. Gave us his authority, and we have to, as a team, stand against Satan and 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 cause his defeat. I mean, he's he's defeated, but we still have to we have to enforce it. We can't sit back. I mean, that's the, look at the world. This, this is why the world is in the, in the shape that it's in because yeah. the church has sat back yeah. and said Jesus did it all. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. But that's simply not the truth. We were chosen. The word says that we, we are a chosen generation, a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, ambassadors for Christ. We're part of his army. If we're part of his army, we're supposed to fight. Amen. We're supposed to stand. We're supposed to use that authority that he has given us. If we don't do that as a group, I mean, yes, he has, he has, a, he has a, a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us, a personal one. But as a group, as a church, as a body, we also have a purpose. Yeah. And that's to stand against Satan and everything that he stands for. Yeah. And we do, and, and you know, if anybody that's ever played a team sport, do you, does everybody run around and do their own thing? No, because no, you won't win. You won't. If you're running around doing your own thing and you're not listening to nobody and you're not operating, operating as a team in unity and in, and in one accord, you're not getting anything done. You're going to lose. And Satan knows that. And he's trying to get us all separated. That is his plan, to separate each and every one of us from the body of Christ. He goes after each and every one of us to try and separate us. He, he brings things against us. And, 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 but, you know, we're, we're not individuals here. We are a body of believers. And we don't have to face him on our own. We can face him together. But we have to do it with one accord and in unity. So, our purpose as, as, as on God's team is to enforce Satan's defeat, and, to, and and also to recruit members. Now, how do we do that? By our testimony, the blood of the Lamb and, and his and his his and the authority of his name is our power. But our testimony is how we recruit people. All we have to do is stand on his word, believe in his word, use our authority, 
And then all we have to do is tell people how great God is and how much he's done for us and how he's given us the authority to stand against Satan. Yep. And people will fall in line. They will get in line to come in here. If we all stood, we all did it the way we're supposed to, you know, what's, what's the one thing we can do with, with the authority of Jesus' name? We can bind Satan. It says what we bind on earth is bound in heaven, and what is what is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. So if we're going around loose and sin, what's going to be loosed? Sin. Sin. But if we go around binding sin and binding Satan, what's going to happen? He's going to be bound, and his power is going to be broken. Chains are going to be broken, and we're going to be set free. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. So, how do, we, how do we accomplish this? We, we prepare every day. We put on the team jersey of God. The armor of God. We pray and we read the word every day. We praise God for his goodness every day. We stand against the attacks of the devil. Every day. Every day. Every day. Come on. And we use the authority given to us by the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus. Come on. Every day. Come on. But we have to buy it. Yeah. And not just as one person, but as one body. Right. Come on. Everyone has a voice. Everyone has the authority yeah. to bind Satan. Yeah. And if we don't each use it individually as a body, Satan's, Satan's winning. out there winning. Yeah. But we can, we can stop him in his tracks right. together. Right. So, you need to stop I, I charge you all to use the authority given to you. Don't just sit back and go, oh, the pastor's got it. Oh, Jesus got it. Because we don't. Not unless we do it together. Not unless the church in, in the entire world stands up and finds Satan. He's, he's, he's out there winning right now. It looks like it. We know in the end he's defeated. But right now he's out there winning. Come on, church. I mean, he's ahead in the game. Right now. At this moment. But... If the church has the authority, the responsibility, the ability to stop him in his tracks. But we have to do that. Glory to God. Glory to God. He's absolutely right. We've got to stand up for what God's called us to do. Go to Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four. And we, we know we you know, we talk about chapter four, verse four fairly frequently to prove to point out that Satan is the God of this world, but there's so much good in chapter 4 that we need to look at. So we're just going to read this whole chapter. We're going to go into chapter 5 down to about verse 7. So chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1, and we're going to go to chapter 5, verse 7. Oh, we're going long. We are. And just listen, Pastor, listen, Pastor Mike is an anointed reader. The word lands differently when he reads. And your head may not understand it all. But your spirit grabs every bit of it. I was talking to somebody some weeks ago, and they, and they said, Man, if it wasn't for the fact that you go so fast, this would be my church. And i got to get back to them and explain to them, Listen, not only the fact that we go fast distract, pull you from where you know God's called you to, because we're not preaching to your head. We're preaching to your spirit. Your spirit will grab every bit of it, and your spirit 
Well, send it to your brain as your brain can receive it. As you meditate on it, as you go back and you look at the scriptures through your notes, as you go back and you re-listen to the messages and things like that. Uh, you know, I went, I remember, uh, you know, after that comment was made, I went, you know, I was just meditating on the situation and talking to the Lord about it. And he said, don't you remember having that conversation with Pastor Tommy? And I said, yeah, I remember telling him, man, you go way too fast. I can't even get it. I said, by, I said, you give a scripture and a verse, and by the time I get the, the, the by, by the time I get the name of the book written down, and maybe the chapter, you done read it and moved on. And he looked at me. I mean, he just looked at me sincerely. He said, I'm not preaching to your head. I'm preaching to your spirit. And he said, if you're taking, he said, here's what you do on taking notes. He said, write the numbers first. So like here we're reading Second uh, John four one through whatever. He said, just write. So we'd write down. I'd write four dot dot chap and then ch for chapter for the whole chapter. Then he said, then go back and write down the book. And he said, don't write don't write out the name. He said, just use two initials that you'll understand where you need to go in your Bible. And I said, oh, and that's how I learned how to do my notes. But then I said, and I said, and then here's my other problem. I'm trying to listen to this Kenneth E. Hagan, and he goes twice as fast as you do. He said, again, he's not preaching to your head. He's preaching to your spirit. So as Pastor Mike reads, understand he's not, he's not reading to your head. He's reading to your spirit. And just let your spirit receive it and agree with it. And of course, I'm more on fire today, so uh, it might go I will fast. try to stay slow. <laughs> he might go fast. All right, so chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Come on. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if, but if our goal is to be hid, it is... our gospel. Oh. Oh, okay. If, but, if our gospel, it, uh, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Meaning, all those out there that don't have Jesus, they're blind. They can't see the truth. Even if it was wearing a red hat and stomping down the street naked, they wouldn't see. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled in every so- on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. That's right, we're not forsaken. Never. Cast down, but not destroyed. We will stand up. Yes. That's right. Always bearing, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Then that's what I'm going to make a comment. What he's saying there is he said, it's not us that live, but it's Christ who lives through us. Amen. It's not us. My prayer every day is, Lord, I don't want him to see me. I want him to see Christ. Amen. 
I don't want him to see me. I want him to see Christ. And even though we come, even though we come under attack, even though we come under pressure, even though things just look like it's not going to work out, no matter what you're looking at, no matter what's coming at you, you maintain Christ. You maintain your love. You maintain. Don't get over into your feelings, because your feelings will cause you to lose your witness. Don't go over into your head, because your head will cause you to lose your witness. No. Get up in the morning, like Pastor Mike said. Get up in the morning. Put on the whole armor of God. Put your Jesus on. Jesus is not automatically on in the morning. Have you ever woken up on what they say, the wrong side of the bed? How much you know Jesus ate there that morning? No, you have to purpose in your heart to put Jesus on. And that's what he's talking about right here. We'll pick right back up in verse 11. Alright, verse 11. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Listen, let your flesh die, let Jesus shine through. Come on, that's what it means. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. We have we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written. I believed, and therefore I have spirit, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us, raise up also, raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your grace, or for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many rebound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but through our outward man, perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Come on, when you come under affliction, remember it's light and it's only for a moment. Come on, remember it's light and it's only for a moment. Well, Pastor, this sure does feel like it's been more than a moment. Let me tell you what, this last week at camp, it felt like an eternity. We're going to talk about some things, but I'm telling you, this this has been the longest week at camp I've ever experienced in 21 years. It was a hard battle, but at the end, we got the victory, and the way that we got the victory is because every church, because there was one there was one group that was really struggling, they were in their head, they were in their emotions, uh, Satan had, had just been yapping in their ears for way too long, and I mean every, and we've seen this before. We've seen this at camp before, and when, when one church comes in with that with that issue, it's put a blanket and a damper on the whole camp, yeah. and you can't do much more than do some simple teaching and maybe get a few people filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and that's about it. You know, the, the prophet can't flow in the prophet's office or nothing, but what happened was all of the other churches, and even a few in that church that were struggling, they all pushed into God. They all chose to keep their Jesus on. They all chose to walk in love. We all chose not to gossip. We all chose not to even talk about the situation. We all chose to just put our eyes on God and keep our eyes on God because we knew what the Word told us. We'd get a victory. And we did get the victory. And so you've got to keep your Jesus on at all times. And we're not. And here's the deal. Did we want to fuss and stomp our feet and, and shake and grab them by the neck like an old bulldog and shake them around and say, come on, you know better than this? Absolutely. But that would have done more damage than good. 
But we had to learn the key. So we just we just kept our Jesus on. Amen. Come on. Alright. Verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal or temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Come on. For chapter five. For we know we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God. And house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly designed to be clothed upon with our with our house which is from heaven. Come on, how much you know? We we're ready to be out of this old cursed body, this old cursed thinking, this old cursed world, because we know we know we've got a better house. We know we've got a better physical body. We know we've got a better state of mind in the eternity. Come on, we know we've got it. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for what, for that we not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in of life. Now he that hath wrought us for this selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory, 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 glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Let's go read Psalms 118, at least part of it. Psalms 118. Come on. And then we'll get to the testimony. Just get in the scriptures that the Lord told us to get to. Glory to God. you got to learn some things. Well, on your way to 118, stop off at 100. It's only five verses. It won't hurt us a bit. 100? Okay. It won't hurt us a bit to read Psalms 100. That's not on my way, well, it was on the way to my. It was on my way. Okay. <laughs> All there right. you go. Psalm one hundred. Make a joyful noise unto the yeah. Lord. We're talking about praise. Yeah. Come on, yeah. talking about joy. All ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. So those that are trying to remake themselves out in the world, they're they're on the wrong path. Amen. We can't. And here's the deal: there's people in the church trying to make themselves Christ-like in their own might, power, and ability. That's right. You can't do it in your own might, power, and ability. You've got to get the Word of God. Listen to me. Memorizing enough script, memorizing a whole bunch of scriptures ain't gonna get the job done. You've got to get them out of your head and down into your spirit, so that revelation comes and a reality comes. And when that when that, re, when that revelation hits your spirit. You will begin to walk in it. Yeah. You will begin to walk in it. So come on, we can't, we can't, we can't put on Christ in our own might and ability. We got to have the Holy Ghost helping us. Amen. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His Amen. name, for the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting Amen. and His truth endureth. To all generations. Listen, when I wasn't living for Jesus, but I wanted to come home with Jesus, come home to God, I, I had this mentality. I had because I had such a low self-image. I thought God didn't have a clue who I was. I thought when I went to God, I had to tell God my first 
I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. This is the absolute 100% truth. I, I went to God and I told him, this is Robbie Sean Williams. This is my address. I live in the USA. I live in this. I mean, I gave him GPS coordinates practically because I didn't think that God saw me or knew me. But God, the Bible doesn't tell us to get into his presence this way. How does it tell us to get into his presence? He said, he said, through praise and thanksgiving. Look at that verse. Look at verse 4. What's it say? Look at verse 4. He says, enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. thanksgiving. And into his courts with, with what? Praise. With praise. When you want to go before the, God, before the Father, just begin to tell him how thankful you are. In other words, talk to him about your testimony. Talk to him about your testimony. And you don't have just one testimony. The more you walk in the things of God, the more testimonies you have. So begin to talk to him about all your testimonies and giving thanksgiving for him. And then begin to praise him for him. And before you know it, you'll be in the throne room. We've got some testimonies about that coming up. Glory to God. All right. And, and why? And he says, he says, for the Lord is good, and his what? Mercy. His mercy is everlasting. Yes. And his truth uh, endures to all generations. The word of God is always true. Psalms 118. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. So as we give testimonies, as, we, as y'all get up here and give your testimonies, what are we doing? We're praising God and we're entering in to the court yeah. to the court of God. We're entering in into his presence. Let's read Psalms 118 down to about verse 17. Pick up in verse right. 1 and go to verse 17. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, because his mercy endureth forever. Let Israel now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let the house of Aaron now say that his mercy endureth forever. Let them now that fear the Lord say that his mercy endureth forever. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Glory to God. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. All nations compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about, yea, they compass me about, but in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. They compass me about like bees. They are quenched as the fire of thorns. For in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Thou hast trust sore, or thou hast thrust sore at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and song, and has become my salvation. Voice, the voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacles of the righteous. Glory to God. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth valiantly. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Glory to God. We're not going to die, but live and declare the works of God. Let's just finish this chapter. It's too good to stop in the middle. Come on, let's just finish it. Okay. <laughs> Here's right here. 
The Lord hath chastened me sore, but he hath not given me over unto death. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord, unto which the righteousness shall enter, or the righteous shall enter. I will praise thee, for thou hast heard me, and art become my salvation. The stone which the build, builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. As seed did come on, as seed did the cornerstone come on. The builders refused it. That's right. Come on, that's our Lord Jesus. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Say Thank now, you. I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you out of the house of the Lord. God is the Lord, which hath showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. Thou art my God, and I will praise thee. Thou art my God, and I will exalt thee. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Isn't that wonderful? That's a song they used to sing. It'd be good for us to sing that song. Ooh, that'd be good to sing that song. All right, before you go to there, I wanted to go back to the whole armor of God. Because we're supposed to put that on every day, but what is it? Come on. So we put on the whole armor of God that we made. He's in Philippians. Oh, for, or, no, yeah. Ephesians, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. 6. Ephesians 6. The top 11. of the page says Philippians. I, don't, I know it's Ephesians right. 6. 11. Ephesians 6, verse 1. It says, put on the whole armor of God Come that on. you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Come on. So what is the armor of God? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We know that our enemy is not man, not any particular man or any group of men. Or it's not. It's the it's the spirits behind them. It's the demons and the devils influencing their thoughts and their emotions. So on that note, stop getting mad at the politicians and stop complaining about them and start praying for them and start That's right. finding the spirits operating behind them. That's right. Stop seriously. Absolutely. Seriously, stop complaining and start praying. I agree with that. Come on. Verse 13, Wherefore, take up unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Well, that's pretty easy. The, the word is the truth, and, and, and we need to always speak the truth. So that, so that was pretty easy to understand. All right? And having on the breastplate of righteousness. Well, what, what is righteousness? That's right. what we have in Christ. Right stand, we have to be in right standing with God. We have to. That means. That means even though we've been saved and that all of our sins have been forgiven, we still have to try. We got to keep that slate clean. We have to keep that slate clean and stay in right standing with God. That's right. And, and if we get up, in, if we get up in the morning and we're not in right standing with God, we need to get on our knees and confess our sins right. to God and 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 turn away from that, repent from that, and get right. But that here's the deal. Life. Just because you got right doesn't give you a license to go out and get wrong and dirty again. Exactly. Now you've got to fight to stay clean. All right. Come on. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Well, we, we all know the gospel. It's, right, it's in here. It's, it's, in, it's, you know. it's, it's the whole Bible. 
But it's mostly the beginning of the New Testament. You know, and, and but here's the thing: it says, "Be shod with the preparation of the gospel." That means that we that we not only do we have do we know the gospel, the gospels that are in here, but we've walked in it. We've walked in the in the preparation. We've walked in the in what the gospel teaches, and we have and we have a testimony. I had I had a man ask me one time. He said, "Have you ever tried to live by the red letters?" And I, I kind of looked at him because I thought, "Well, that's a weird question because I live by the whole Bible." But I said, "Well, I, I do my best with Jesus' help." He said, "Well, I have, and it's not possible." And, and it kind of threw me off, and we were kind of cut on time. And I thought, "Well," and after I went back, I said, "Lord, give me another opportunity," because Jesus. Said, how much you know it's in the red letters that a man must be born again. This man's not born again, so he's not really lived by the red letters because he's never accepted salvation, and that's why he can't do it. Right. See, see, we can we can preach the gospel straight out of here, but to a lot of people, it's just a book. But when when you put your your personal experience, your testimony. Of, of how you've lived it and how it's worked for you, then it becomes real. That's right. Then it becomes real to them. They can't deny what you what has happened to you. That's why you have to have experience and you have and, and you have to walk in these things in order to be able to preach them. That's right. Because if you, if, if you're just preaching out of a book, it's just words on paper. Yeah. Um, so so that's that's where our testimony comes into that. And then above all, taking the shield of faith. Well, when we when we when we read the word daily and we and we speak the word and we live the word, our faith is going to grow. We're going to have that. Yeah. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation. Well, we've all done that. That's the knowledge. See, you got to know that you're saved. Yes. You got to know it. You got when when when, when well, the world comes against you, you got to know, man. I've been saved. When we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we have to believe it. That's right. And if we don't believe it, it, it it's not real. There's too many. I know too many people that sit in the pews every time the doors are open, and you ask them, "Are you saved? Are you heaven bound?" They say, "I sure hope so." They don't have their helmet on. No, they don't. They don't have their helmet on. They may have have said the words, but they're not sure. You have have to believe that what God says is true, and you have to believe that it comes back to, you've got to go back to that faith. You have to have faith that what God says is true, and you have to believe it. There's a lot of reasons why they have that struggle, but if they say, man, I sure hope so, um, they're missing their helmet of salvation. Come on. And then we take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God. And we fight. And we fight. Amen. And that's what we did at camp this week. So I already said, you know, we had one group, and it wasn't the entire, it wasn't an entire church. It was just a big chunk of, of some people in the church that were just really struggling and really in their emotions and really in their and, and in their head about some situations that they were dealing with um, out of their home place, and and uh, they brought it to camp with them, and uh, you know, and and when you're in your head and when you're in your emotions. It feels like everything that's going on around you is pointed at you. And the devil just took what was going on and just drilled the nail in, so to speak. And, uh, you know, and uh, other people were coming under smack. I mean, it was just an attack at every turn. It was an attack at every turn. And, uh, you know, and, um, but, man, it was wonderful. You know, we've sat under Brother Randy for years and years and years. And, 
You guys know we're on his road team, so we're in his meetings, you know, six or seven times a year outside of the churches. And um, But I'm telling you what, in this service, in this week, he stood in that prophet's office every single service. And in 21 years, I've never seen that happen. Where we have a where we have multiple services, usually he'll step into that for a little bit in a service, or he'll step in it in one or two services, and then he's in the teacher's flow the rest of the time. But in this in this camp, he was literally in that prophet's office the entire week. Now I know, and I've, I've said some of y'all said, well, when is Brother Randy coming to our church? Well, I was talking to somebody at Brother Randy's meeting last when we were there in Branson. And it poured out of my mouth, and I was like, oh, yeah. So the prophet's office is for two things. Two months. The prophet's office does two major things for the body of Christ. Number one, they bring correction to the body of Christ. Sometimes it's individual churches. Sometimes it's individual teachings. But a lot of times it's to the body of Christ as a whole. The other thing that they do is they tell us, is they tell the church what God is saying and doing in the earth today, what he's trying to make happen, what, what God, where God's desire is, and then us, the pastors, are supposed to bring it back to the congregation. Well, if they don't bring, if the pastors don't bring it to the congregation, then God will send the prophet in. He'll stir upon that pastor to have the prophet come in, and the prophet will tell him what's going on. God will give him that message. And so, um, so Brother Randy has not been released to come. Well, we, he has an open invitation, and he knows that. Uh, but we're in his meeting six to seven times a year, and we bring back what he says. So are we bringing to you what God's saying and doing? Yes. So what's the, what's the only other reason he should come? Correction. To bring correction. Uh, I love that. I love Brother Randy. I call, he's my spiritual dad. I love him. But um, I'm good if God says, no, you don't need to go there right now. Because yeah. that means we're getting some things right. That yeah. means we don't have to be corrected from the prophet. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So we went to camp, and it was all, it was just really on my heart, and it was really stirred in my heart to make sure that the, that all of the churches, that every that all youth and all leaders understood what the prophet's office was for, and that was just really in my heart. And normally, Brother Randy sits right there, podium's right here. He sits right there, and I'm always shaking in my boots, and I'm always intimidated because that's my spiritual father. And, and mother, and, and then there's, you know, Bill and Sandra, well, they're the head of the camp. Boy, you don't want to say anything wrong, because you're tearing up their ministry if you do. So you don't want to say anything wrong. And then there's our other partners, minister partners. And then you got the back room, you got all the pastors and their wives and visiting pastors that are checking out the camp and everything else. And, man, the pressure is on to get it right. And so, and, and Brother Randy is very humble. He's very, very humble. And he does not like attention to be drawn to the fact that he stands in the prophet's office. So normally I get up there and I encourage the youth to give in and give it, you know, put an expectation on God and all this. And the Holy Spirit just prompted me to talk about him being in the prophet's office and what the prophet's office is for. So I welcome him into camp and get him all kind of stirred up and excited. And I said, now, let me talk to you about, what brother, about the office Brother Randy stands in. And normally, Brother Randy's sitting there, and I can tell he's praying in the Holy Ghost interceding for me that I don't mess this thing up. But this time, as I was talking about him, he's very humble, he's very meek, and he kind of puts his head down, and he 
kind of looks down to the ground, and the whole time in my head, he's going, the devil's going, he don't like it, you're drawing attention, you're going to get in trouble, Ooh, he's going to get you, get you, get you. But I knew what the Holy Ghost had to say. So I talked about that. And in that, I talked about sometime, I don't remember if that was orientation or the next, or that night at service, I talked about how the prophet's office, that, that they can, another time I talked about how the prophet can see things. They, they operate on a higher level in the spirit, and they can see things about you or about situations that you don't have any clue that they can see or know. And so I was talking about that. And then another, another service, Pastor Mont gets up there, and you know this is out of character for him. He doesn't, he doesn't, ever, he doesn't ever do announcements with me. He doesn't ever do announcements with me. He doesn't, and, and normally he's like, okay, uh, here, go tell them this, and I'm going to stand back here and, you know, and we had mic problems, and, and he got up there with his notes from Jesus, and he said, now this is, he said, I don't need a mic, I can be loud too, and I about fell out. <laughs> and, then he, and then he began to talk to, he began to talk to the camp about how uh, Satan was coming against the camp because there were things that God wanted to accomplish. Yeah. And that we, as a camp, we had authority to stop them. And uh, and he and he called out you know some different issues that we were that that you know he talked about you know because we did a scavenger hunt this year and the kids were sabotaging each other off, right off the bat they were hiding what the other people needed to find and all this so he called them so so he brought up but not everything that you brought up he didn't he just said he said listen I don't know if you know it or not he said but this camp's under attack he said man we got people with we got people with all kinds of we got all kinds of junk going on. And he listed about ten things, and some of it was going on, and some of it wasn't going on. But, you know, just to say, the devil's coming against people. And so he had to get up, and he had, and he had everybody okay. stand up no, and take authority. What I mentioned was going on. Well, I'm trying to cover some things in love, Pastor. Okay. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. So, in either case, I said all that to say this. We've been under attack here in our church. How much you know we've been under attack with some things? How much you know we've had some people leave that just, that was injurious to us. Uh, we've, had some, we've had some people getting into some little squabbles and some little dishes. And, and, and we've been challenged to stay in our love walk. And the very first sermon, Brother Randy talked about walking in love. Remember, who did he talk about? He talked about Lottie Dock. Remember, he talked about Lottie Dock and how Lottie Dock, how Lottie Dock uh, was just hard, hard, hard. And Jesus reached through to him, uh, through Brother Randy, and got, it, and got him saved. And I don't have time to tell Brother Randy's story, but, yeah, but, but, he got, but, but Lottie Dock got saved. And because Lottie Dock got saved, and he was the drug dealer for the prison, uh, they didn't like that. And uh, he, he was involved in some other things. And his partner was not okay with this. And uh, Lottie Dodd left the church service, the church prayer, to go change his shirt so he would look good for God in church. And Brother Randy said, no, I don't think you need to go. And he said, no, I'm going to go. I'll be back in less than five minutes. And he went to his cell, changed his shirt, was washing his face. And uh, another prisoner come up behind him, reached, tapped him on the shoulder, uh, turned it, swung around, and went to hug him. And when he went to hug him, clutched the knife in his heart and twisted it, pulled the knife out and slid, him, slid his juggler. Killed him on the spot just like that. 
But this is the point about the love of Jesus. Before Lottie Dog gave up his, before he gave up the ghost, he looked at his friend who had been a close friend of his. He looked at his friend, and he just like Jesus, and he said, "Brother, I forgive you, and I love you." That was his last. That was Lottie Dog's dying words. Was, "Brother, I love you, and I forgive you." And that's the love of Jesus, and that's what Brother Randy was talking about. And you know what? When I went to camp, I was struggling to walk in love towards some people. We were having some trauma with that. And so I was so thankful for the correction of the prophet. So thankful because it helped us. Yeah. And then we did reflections that night, and I found out how much it helped our young people. But it was service after service after service after service. And because of the situation that was going on, we just went, we just kept our Jesus on. We walked in love, and when we were, when we could get a few minutes by ourselves, rather it was waking up in the middle of the night by the Spirit, or it was laying down to go to sleep, or you had a few minutes in your room, or you were in the shower, or whatever, we just got into intercession over the situation. We just did. We just got into intercession over the situation. There was no murmuring. I mean, no, I mean, most people don't even know what was going on. All they knew was we've got a wall that the devil has put up. And they pushed through it, and it was so powerful because we literally got to watch the love of God get the victory right before our eyes. It was so good. Um, and so I want these guys to come out and testify, share whatever they want to, but before we do, Miss Lib has a testimony that she would... Can I give the synopsis? Let me give them the synopsis. The synopsis is, Miss Liv was in the hospital down in Atlanta Children's Hospital last week. She just kept throwing up, kept throwing up, kept throwing up, got real dehydrated. They finally figured out there's something their body does, what have you. She got released Saturday. Friday. 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 That's right, because it happened on Saturday. So she got released on Friday. Then yesterday. Without any restrictions. With no restrictions. So then yesterday she was off with some friends. And they went swimming. And where they went swimming... There was a twenty to thirty dollar, twenty to thirty foot cliff. No, it was seventy. Oh, it was seventy. She was about she was about thirty feet up, and she slipped, and she went all the way down, on the rocks and in the water. By all rights, she should not be sitting here tonight. She should or this morning. She should not be here. We got the phone call. We got Brianna called me. Said she was swimming. She fell a good distance, but it looks like all. She did with break her arm. I thought she'd already been to the hospital. And uh, she's she going to call you for prayer. And we were being super spiritual. We were in a movie. <laughs> and I thought, well, it's been settled and it's been done, so I'll just text her. And I'd already been up a couple of times. So I said, we've already prayed. We've already covered you in prayer. I'll call you back in just a little while. And so when I called her, she was in tears, and she was just now arriving to the hospital. I got the phone call at 730 that she had fallen, and then when I called her at 9.30, just a little bit before 9.30, she said, we're, we're on our way to the hospital right now. I'll be there in just a couple of minutes. And I thought, why in the world did it take you two hours to get there? But none of my business just prayed over her, told her to come get her, uh, and because uh, she didn't have anybody else to come get her. Um, the phone lines, at her, she, her phone lines at home were down, and her grandparents had already been driving like you know a lot over the weekend and everything. And so we went and we volunteered to go get her. 
So we dropped her off at Bridget's and Mari's house at, at 10 minutes to 4 this morning. And then we didn't get home until 10 minutes after 4. And it didn't take a phone to get in the bed, I assure you. But Miss Liz, you don't even have to get up, honey, but it, I, I know you want to share just a little bit. Yes, you do. Yes. I'll, if you want, I'll hold it for you. Is it just... It, it'll, it's, it's for those lawnmowers so they can hear it. And it's for the recording. Just what you told me last night at the hospital will be just fine. Um, well, I had a good living house that you live in, and God has given me quite a few signs. First, being in the hospital for a few days, and then the night before that, we got pulled over, and we were just in some stuff we shouldn't have been in. And um, when I was falling down the cliff, I've, I've been struggling with depression and stuff like that. And when I was falling, all I was doing was praying, just like, save me and all that. And there was a really nice guy that came over. We just talked for about 30 minutes about God and all that. And then when I was in the hospital, the Holy Spirit really talked to me, and I just decided to finally make uh, uh, Jesus the Savior, uh, the Lord of my life, not just my Savior. Amen. And you know that it's a miracle that you're here, right? Very much so. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So, yeah, she said, she kept going, Pastor, I'm going to be at church in the morning, and, and, I, and I need to testify because I know it's God that I'm here. I don't need a second mind. Hold on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I realize it's a habit. It's a habit. So, you know, so she knows, she knows that it's God, you know, and she's got some, she's got some things to overcome in her life, so pray for her. Pray that she'll have the strength to stand. Pray, pray for her, relief for her, she'll have the strength to stand. All right, who's coming? Come on, Brooke. Come on, Brooke. She put her hand up quick. Oh, Miss Brooke. Miss Brooke's got some things to share. Oh, she's got a notebook. <laughs> well, this has my notes in it. It's just, just somewhere mine. It's okay. I had a notebook too. Come on. I don't have three pages like that. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll make Zach go last. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will do that. We'll, we'll go. Come on. Yeah, listen. 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 This is not just somebody's word. If you'll listen with your spiritual ear, God will do something for you. Amen. Come on. So, uh, not like that. Uh, well, Brother Randy, he said when we uh, people got up for testimonies, they, he said, no sermon, so don't worry, I'm not doing a sermon. Uh, and I don't usually get up in front of people of my own free will. So, uh, yeah, this, this, is, this is God in and of itself. <laughs> um, so um, last year, it was my first year to go to town. Um, and every year we have to read uh, the plans, purposes, and pursuits. Uh, before we go and um, um, last year I thought I was going for the kids but I realized this year when I was reading the book that honestly I think I went for myself because I never went to church camp and so I realized when I was reading it this year that I really wanted to focus on the kids and go for the right reasons for God's purposes and um, <laughs> I think I I um, opened a window when I realized that because I, I actually learned more about myself this this time than I did last time. Um, and so um, this was a, a really eye-opening camp. Um, uh, oh, it's okay to be my It's okay. You're doing fine. <clears throat> You could definitely feel the anointing this week. <laughs> Sorry. Nope. Um, um, so, where to begin? <laughs> uh, That's the beginning. No. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so on Monday, yeah, uh, praise and worship was amazing this whole week. Um, that's where I definitely felt the anointing all week uh, begin. Um, uh, I usually didn't feel it, um, the anointing at all, really, when I go up for praise and worship. But this, this year it was totally different. And, um, but Wednesday definitely changed that completely um, because I got my mail read, as Jackie calls it. Um, um, but Brother Randy says it wasn't him, it was God that read my mail. Um, so um, it kind of freed me, my, my spirit uh, quite a bit. And as Brother Randy said, I was, it will make me happy, happy, happy. Happy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but as a small child, um, I had a lot of depression when I was young, and um, so I'm working through that now, and trying to break through that, and hopefully, well, not hopefully, I will break through that. Yeah, and, that's um, God's pulling it out. The victory. Yeah, and so I will be happy. And um, yes. and it's because of that that um, I'm working through a lot of the past that I never wanted to actually even work through. And like Brother Phil said, um, I was one of the ones that actually he kind of looked at me when he was saying uh, that we build walls. Uh, we don't want to show people that we're weak. Sure, we did. And I didn't even think about that. That we have weaknesses. Um, um, that we um, we want to be strong all the time. That we can be our own self-reliant person, um, and that we don't have to rely on other people or show them our weaknesses. And um, so I was kind of this like Brother Bill in that aspect, so I kind of have to accept help from other people, like when you <laughs> had that carry my suitcase down the staircase. She, got, she, she might have gotten just fucked up in Pastor Robbie's style just a tiny bit. Yeah. It wasn't really that bad. It was like just a little. Yeah. I said a tiny bit. Just a tiny So, but I know I'm not making a lot of sense, but... Um, no, you are. So. Yeah. Um, so that was a couple of breakthroughs I had, and but brother um, Randy made a lot of sense this this week, and a lot of his sermons and his stories were very eye-opening to me. And before, like faith was one of the things that it just clicked with me during his sermons this this week. Um, because he, his, one of his sermons was what is faith and how to stay in faith. And, um, and I always felt I knew what faith was and how to stay in faith. But until he did his, his sermon, I really, I don't think I really understood it until then. And um, so now I understand why we do our confessions every day and why we need to meditate on the word every day because in order to stay in faith 
that's the reason why we do our confessions is because we have to meditate and confess it every single day. And and before, you know, I didn't realize that had anything really to do with faith. Um, I just thought if we just believed, and you know, that that was enough for faith. And it's it's not um, because we we have to do that meditation and confession every day. So that's something I learned that I've got to work on because I didn't do that every single day. I didn't meditate and confess every day. And so that's something that I know that I'm going to be working on and uh, and doing better with. And um, and it was funny, on the very first day, uh, Brother Randy was talking about walk in love. And um, on the way up... Um, uh, I rode with Pastor Robbie and Ann, and we were talking about the fact that I work in healthcare, and we were talking about uh, me being a caregiver. And I never actually thought of myself as an actual caregiver because I I was in the nursing a long time ago, but I'm, now I'm in health information management and. So I don't actually do patient care, so I've never thought of myself as an actual caregiver because I don't do patient care. But then she pointed out that I take care of people in my family, I take up care of other people, and so I'm an actual caregiver. So when he was talking about walk in love, I realized that that actually is kind of like my motto, and I do walk in love every day. So um, that was another revelation for me this week. So glory to God. Those are just the highlights. Very good. Glory to God. All right, who's coming? So just one comment on what you said. Uh, Belief comes from building up your faith. Yes. She's beautiful. (laughs) Your headset's talking. Right? I know. I know. Belief comes from building up your faith. You can... You can't really truly believe in something without faith. That's right. And that's that's the way it works. That's yeah. why you have to have both. You have to hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear the word of God so, for your faith to grow. But very good, Miss Brooke. That sounded a lot like me the first time I came back from camp. <laughs> Brooke, you did amazing, honey. I know it's hard for you to get Oh, out I know you want to go next. You don't want anybody stealing any more of your stuff. <laughs> this is also a miracle because normally it's like pull a piece of nails to get her up here. And like, no, I'll go last. Okay. So, no, I'm saying. I'll ask about else. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be obedient. Her name's Katie, right? Katie. Okay. When I saw her walk up here, it reminded me of when I was little. Now I would come up here and I would praise God. And I want you to, like, I just. <laughs> and I want you to I just want you to know that if she does that let her go because when she gets older you're going to be able to give her that story and that's going to make all the difference to her that's going to help her fight a battle that she's not yeah, she's, that's going to encourage her so much so when you see her do that let her go because that's going to encourage her so much okay it's okay. Shh. Let her do. You're too. Brianna's very proud of you. Don't look at me like that, Derek. Okay. Um. 
my next thing, since you already brought up Liz, go ahead. I'm just going to go ahead and talk about it. One thing that was like really blew my world this weekend was um, Saturday, uh, I was praying in the Spirit a lot. So I learned how to sing in the Spirit Thursday morning at camp. So like, Friday, Friday, that's all I was doing, basically. <laughs> Whether anybody realized it or not, it was like my new favorite game, y'all. It's great. Awesome. Try it. Um, <laughs> anyways, since Saturday, I was just praying in the Spirit. Um, I'm like, I can't be alone. She's going to pray, and I can't be alone. She's to pray. Well, my best friend said, I'm, I'm the one she called. It's okay. I'll take it. Um, and then I, so, we prayed for her, and... Uh, I still don't know. It sort of like connected dots that that was why I was praying in spirit. Anyways, and then so Pastor Robbie goes to the hospital. She comes here. She comes to 4 a.m. to my house, and it's like world changing for her. She's telling me all about what God did in that hospital. Well, at 5 a.m. when we finally got to go to sleep, she she had her moments. She, um, oh, the Holy Ghost told me that's why I had you praying all that time. And a big thing I got last night, and Liv's little drugs, so I don't know how much of you remember, is we, we're going to do it together, and so we're going to walk yep. this out together. Um, Glory to God. So that was a big thing. That's nothing to do with camp, but hold each other accountable. But you wouldn't, yeah. have, you wouldn't have prayed the way you were praying. Without. I do want to say this. Knowing Brianna, I would have not only been dealing with Liv, but I would have also been dealing with Brianna having emotional meltdowns and fear and anxiety and all of that. But, 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 I told Brianna, because she said, I'm going to stay on the phone with her until y'all get there. I said, no, you're not. Wait a minute. She asked me to do that first. I did. <laughs> but the point was, but I said, Brianna, the best thing you can do for Liv is let Liv be alone with God and let God work on her. So you need to tell her we prayed. The pastors are on their way. <coughs> I can't do anymore. Just just talk to God. That's the best thing you could do. And I and I had to tell her about five times. And I, all I kept hearing was yep, yep, yep. And then I finally said, Brianna, I know that's not what you want to do, but if you want to help her, this is what you'll do. And considering that she was on the phone with her when I got there, she obviously didn't do it. Oh, you were on the phone with with you with your grandmother. So yes, you did. Okay. So in either case. Brianna did, was it while we were still driving? She did. We were on the way down, and she actually texted me and said, okay, Pastor, it took me a few minutes to, to, to let go and let God, but, but I got it, and I'm, I'm letting go, and I'm letting God. So this was huge for her. This was huge for her. So. Continue, please. And you wouldn't have been able to. My point was, you would not have been able to do that had it not been for what you received at camp this week. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, I guess we'll start with... I, I don't know where to start with camp. That's the problem. That's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, I guess I'm going to start with my day like Brooke. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, you're fine, honey. So, uh, so Monday they talked about walking on, walking in love. Um, and that message hit for me because... Uh, when you see the way people have treated us, you, you you take their mindset and you think that's how you're supposed to treat people. Um, so that really taught me about having being a different like 
being different, uh, reacting different, stuff like that. Um, so that's a big thing I got out of like Monday night service. Um, then actually Monday night, Pastor Robbie gave me this look. He's like, do you want to go to bed or do you want to talk? And mind you, I told her she was she was like, we're not rooming because you're gonna talk. Mind you, she asked me first. I have Jackie as my witness. I did. It was Pastor Robbie that kept us up on Monday. No, it wasn't. It no, was it was Holy I had a conversation and uh, having to do with anxiety and like she prayed and I agreed and I that definitely changed like like something definitely changed this week so that was good um what was Tuesday not what was Tuesday morning Thursday some sometimes Tuesday I, I believe that's the day you went to the front room that I get to really hold on Okay, well, it doesn't matter the day. Just tell us what happened. Uh, okay, so during praise and worship, uh, no, it was mo- Monday. Okay, so, sorry. Okay, okay so during praise and worship, Monday, um, we had, the first song we had was Deep Cries Out. Yes, that was the day. Uh, well, I didn't really know, like, you know where it says, like, you go to the left, you go to the right? Yeah. I didn't really know if that was okay or not. I don't know. I had no idea. Um, but then Pastor Robin came up there and made us do it. <laughs> I love it. She did. She did. Um, and that's when I realized it was okay. Well, in that I learned, in that a different part of the song room, throne room opened up to me, and I realized that God sits on his throne and watches our praises, like listens to our praises. Ooh. So that was, like, eye-opening to me. Um, and throughout camp, like, it really opens back up to me how much my heart desires for praise and worship and how important that is. Um, because another revelation God gave to me this week was if you believe and you think, the lot of Satan, you're praising Satan. You're not praising God, you're praising Satan. Yeah, that's good. Um, good word. Um, so, throughout the week, like, there was a call, there was a line for ministry. I think that's the only one I went up to. I believe it is. Yeah. Um, and it was like, you know that you know. Like, you know. And there was ten of us. And I knew that I knew. Like, I, I got it. I know y'all. She was up And uh, after, like, he laid hands on all of us. Then I went back to my seat. And he told me, God told me, he goes, this is where it starts and it doesn't stop. And that was, like, big for me. Because... What I got for camp this week is, like, it's time for me to be consecrated and dedicated. It's time for me. So honestly, God told me it's time for me to make the decision and stop playing. Um, so in, like, the service after, um, minis- like, the ministry line, uh, the, there was Brother Bill talked after Brother Randy. And he talked about, like, and he brought us a piece. English, he offer? He, yes, he opened the altar. He opened, yeah, okay, that. Yeah, that. If you wanted to come up and just give your heart to God and just dedicate 
uh, and like consecrate. And I knew that, like I knew that was uh, what I was supposed to do. So I did, and after that, God told me this is where He wanted me to be. Which is what, which is this is really what I desired this week was to. My 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 expectation was to get a deeper hunger for God. But honestly, what I got out of it was, I I'm just, I don't know how to explain it. Like this direction. is where, yeah, I guess direction. <laughs> Something, um, but so yeah. And then um, another big thing I got, well, two other big points I got was um, the Holy Ghost told me. Uh, I shouldn't care what people think of my walk with God. So that helps me a lot. And then, uh, thank you, Lord. Another thing I got during prison worship, because God talks to me a lot during prison worship camp, was uh, the people who come against you in your walk, uh, they have to, they're going to answer to God sometimes. They're going to pray to God sometimes. So even if they come against you, they're going to answer, they're going to have to answer to God sometimes. Glory to God. That's a big thing I got. Yeah. Okay. Glory to God. You did so good. I'm so proud of you. Good job. You did so good. All right. Who's that? You're doing two mics again. Okay, I'll turn it off here. Jackie. No, because I like it. Not a sermon. I like it. Yeah. So, it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to start on Friday, but it's not a sermon, I promise. No, like last Friday. So I woke up. And I felt like I had gotten hit by an 18-wheeler truck. I felt absolutely terrible. Like, I literally, like, I was gasping for breath because I couldn't breathe. My throat was so closed up. And I was like, maybe it's an allergic reaction. I'm going to go take some medicine, and I'm going to be just fine. So I took two Benadryl, and I was like, okay. Throughout the day, I was like, I'm not getting any better. So then I went and helped Zach, Zach weed eat a yard, which, why would I do that if my throat's already hurting? But I did it because I was like, I need to be active. Because I'm healed, so I'm not going to stay in the bed. Yeah, so that was my thought process. Well, I woke up on Saturday, and guess what? I felt worse. Who would have thought? So I went to the store, and I... Am I not? Okay. okay, you are definitely... You were expecting. I don't want to be like that. So I went to the store, and I got some medicine, and I started taking my medicine, and on Sunday, on the way, I was still taking medicine, because I'm sick now, right? That's what I'm saying, I'm sick. So we got there... And I was like, oh, I need to go take my medicine. And the Holy Spirit was like, are you really going to rely more on medicine than you are on me? And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I don't need to take any medicine. So I didn't take any medicine. But I did, I laid hands on my throat. And I'm like, sickness, I don't accept you in the name of Jesus. You've got to go on now again. So then on Monday morning, I woke up. And I have this, like, terrible rash on the, this side of my body, left side of my body. And Pastor Robbie's like, lay hands on it and pray over it. And I'm like, what? It's a rash. Why do I need to pray? I can just deal with it. And so then a little part of my arm broke out. And I was like, now my arm itches. And she was like, well, pray over that too. And I was like, what am I supposed to say? And she was like, I don't know. You call it by name and tell it to go away in the name of Jesus. Who would have thought that? And I was like, okay. So we prayed, and I got, like, a bunch of bug bites, and only one spot itched for, like, I don't know, like an hour. And I was like, okay, I'm done scratching it in the name of Jesus. you got to go, too. So that was really cool for me. Like, I, I learned how to pray over my own body. Um, I, got, I got a lot. Uh, 
I speak Jesus. And I and I and Brother Randy said, insignificant. You've been searching your whole life to be significant. And you're not insignificant. You're accepted as well into the body of Christ. And like that hit me. He read my mail, he knew my social security number, called out my birth date and everything. Because uh, the I mean the Holy Spirit sees everything. He saw me as a child and I've literally never used the word insignificant to another human before. I've always, when I pray, I say, God, I just want to be significant to somebody. But I've never used it to another person. So how would Brother Randy know, you know? So I got that revelation that, that it's, I don't know, it's real, I guess is the right word. <laughs> so for me, it was different. And I got to know it on a deeper level because I thought he had missed it. I thought he was wrong. So that was really cool. Um... I think the best part for me about all of camp was Satan has used my life against me my whole life. Um, <laughs> and I sat next to Miss Vicky, and every time I would laugh, she would go, I love your laugh, it's so joyous. And I'm like, you don't understand, it's really annoying. Everybody hates my laugh, hello. <laughs> That's what the devil told you. That's what the devil told me, because I wasn't significant. Um... And so Pastor Sonny, it was on Wednesday morning, we were leaving service. And Pastor Sonny grabbed me and he said, I want you to know that your laugh is so important here. And I was like, you got it wrong. That's not me. <laughs> you heard somebody else laughing. It wasn't my laugh. And um, so I guess it was on Wednesday night. He called us up, you know, all, all was it the workers? It was for many. No, it was workers. That was it was the workers. And um, I went up again. And Brother Randy laid hands on me again, and it was amazing, and he said I was going to change from the inside out, because I've been allowing my my brain, it was more my brain than my spirit, because my spirit wouldn't do it. If somebody would hurt me, I would hurt them. Like, I was, I, I, and I wouldn't get attached to people, because I, yeah, because I, it was all about the love walk. I didn't want anybody to know that I was actually a really kind person, because I was like, what's his name? Lottie Daw. Lottie Daw. Yeah. Um, Brother Randy shared about Lottie Daw and how he was just a hardened criminal. And that's who I was. You know, I had the sarcasm to cover the pain, and I had the annoying loud laugh so that nobody could really see that all I wanted to do was cry. Um, and so Brother Randy shared about Lottie Daw, and I thought, that's me. I'm the hardened criminal. Uh, <laughs> nobody sees the real me. So anyways, Brother Randy lays hands on me and he started talking about the change that was going to occur in my life. And all I could think about was how much I'm accepted in the kingdom of God. And if it wasn't for that prophecy, I wouldn't have heard the second one. It was really awesome. Okay, I've been talking a lot. Okay. I'm holding down this one. Ms. Anna, are you coming? Or Zach? She says you're coming, Zach. Yes, Zach is coming. Come on. We're not doing three pages. Just do the highlights. I've already heard from the Lord. Out of your spirit. Do what? I'm not just a highlight. That's It's on. It's on. Starting. We need to look at this. Okay. So this is actually our camp scripture. Yes. And it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Come on. So starting, you know, um, that's Jesus speaking. 
Yeah. He's speaking to the disciples. Yeah. Where do you attend church? At disciples' yeah. house. Yeah. Okay, this is the house of disciples. Yeah. You are a disciple. Yeah. And not only that, it says go and preach the gospel to every creature. It doesn't signify living or dead. Come on. Which also brings back to who was it? Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth, that's right. He, he raised multiple people, from, raised the multiple people from the dead. As okay. the Lord leads. As the Lord leads. <laughs> yeah. Don't just don't just go up to a cast and be like, hey, come on. Yes. No. Um, so camp was pretty cool. Uh, it started really hard. It was a lot of stepping stones, and Satan just came immediately. And which one? Uh, first John, well, no, 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 John ten ten. It says yeah. the thief cometh not, to, but for to kill and to steal and destroy. I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. See the word might. It's a choice. Yeah. Yes. Okay. It is a choice. You have to choose life. You have to choose joy. You have to choose walking in love. Because if Satan comes and he steals that from you, what are you going to be walking? Insignificance, right. hatred, and you don't want that. You don't want it. Okay, I walked that. I walked that for years and years, and I didn't like it. I searched and I searched and I searched and I searched, and I finally, finally found the place. And then I made a choice to leave and go back to the world. Okay, it it wasn't the right choice. I'll just admit that. I repented. It's fine. We forgive you. Thank you. So. And that's what leads to 1 John 4, 4. And it says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Okay. Stay with God. Right. Come on. Don't quit on him. Yeah. Come on. So, let's talk about Tuesday night, all right? We ended up on the floor. That's when we ended up on the floor. And the reason I know that is because the first and second services, I was in the back. Yeah, Tuesday night you ended up on the floor. Tuesday night, all right. Oh, Lord, we were out, yeah, okay. yeah, almost. Well, okay. pretty much the same time. Me and Brianna both hit the floor. Um, it didn't hurt. Okay, to start no off by saying that, no one around to catch because it's praise and worship, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm caught up in the spirit. I'm praying in tongues, and I just look up. And I'm in a giant room. Uh, there's a giant chair over there. The floor is glass. And I see... I, initially, I thought that it was a golden floor. Okay? But when while praying in the Spirit, it was revealed to me that the, the light in the room makes it look yellow. Makes it look gold. Okay? It's a clear glass floor. It's, it's just... That's, that's, what Revelation, that's what the Revelation describes, isn't it, Jerry? And yeah. I didn't see everything that Revelation describes, but around... <laughs> <laughs> she asked Brianna if she saw the four beasts. She said, no, and I don't want to. No, around, around the throne was just this gigantic cloud. And you could tell by, like, the vibration of the room that there was thunder coming out of it, there was lightning rolling, but all that was drowned out by the praise of the angels. Okay. It was just, 
magnificence in and of itself. Alright, you you think the skyscrapers are tall, and you think the music festivals are loud. Wait till you get to heaven. Come on. Okay, wait till you get. It's not quiet in heaven. It is not. That's right. It's light everywhere. It's joy. It's happiness. It's peace. It's understanding of where you are and who you are in Christ. Come on. Okay, so uh, we're gonna jump from Tuesday to Thursday real quick. So I asked Pastor Mike on the way down there uh, what was his expectation. He said, "Well, honestly, I've been doing it for so long, I don't really have an expectation." I'm like, "Excuse me." Out of the mouth of babe. Thanks. Throw me under the bus. But then he turns around. Then he turns around and says, "Well, listen, listen." He turns around and says, "Well." I can't really say that. Um, my expectation is just a grand move of the Holy Spirit in the youth's lives, as it usually is. But this time, I just I just know it's going to be different. I know it's going to be different. And he asked me what mine was, and I says, well, honestly, you know, that that's a, that's a pretty good expectation. And I, I share the same one, but at the same time, I want, I want God to reveal to me what my plan is for ministry. You know, I want to have a deeper understanding of that. So when it came time for Thursday, uh, yeah, I hit the four again. Um, but that was a whole different thing. Um, that one was actually God working uh, through some hurt in my life. Um, basically, hang on, I'll get the exact real quick. Uh, so I hit the floor, uh, and the Lord told me, He says, "You you came from darkness between the actions of your mother and father. Though you have been willing and attempting to correct your father's faith, it isn't your job anymore. He may be your dad, but he is not your father. Oh, glory to God! Yes, and that just that just really broke everything off of me." Yeah. And, you know, that happened whenever Brother Randy, he did his little dance, and uh, he just, boom, <laughs> the Holy hit God. me on the shoulder. And I'm like, boom, <laughs> straight to the ground. Yes, he did. Um, Back went. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. But either yeah, way. I forgot about that. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, we're going through a little bit, we're going through a little bit, and then they get the altar call. And it was after the the children go up for for the ministry prayer, but I'm I'm over there standing because I'm like, man, children. I'm not a youth, but you know I'm gonna pray too because I know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'm supposed to go into ministry. Um, and so they gave the altar call, and I went up. I was actually one of the first ones up because uh, I I just knew that's where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. And. Lord dropped it in my spirit. He says, you know, you're here for a reason, and you're connecting with all these kids for a reason. And, you know, if you know anything about me, I don't like really, really small kids because they don't like me. Uh, <laughs> but anywhere from anywhere from probably like middle school to 
teenage years, I'm fairly well at connecting with and getting them out of their shells and just talking with them because I don't, I don't own it anymore, but as a child, I was diagnosed with autism. And I've always suppressed that because I was made to grow up at a very young age. I got my first job at 12. Uh, and honestly, I just suppressed that, and because of that, I never really got to experience my own childhood. So when I act childish, it's just because, I mean, that's, it's part of me. I like to be childish because I didn't get to experience that. Yeah. Um, so Lord dropped in my spirit. He says, well, you know, you're going you're gonna to minister to the youth one day. And um, that's just the beginning of it. And I told the Lord, I said, if that's your will and your plan, bring more youth to the body of Christ and to the church. To which he responded, the Colosseum is but a fraction of your walk. As you prepare yourself, my word will come to pass. So during the whole testimonial service, I stepped out and I said, I'm answering the call to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, thanks, Zach. Now I understand the grow-to paint. Pants and the uh, SpongeBob socks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, y'all know my y'all know my rule. You are not going to be seen with me in your pajamas. We we get out to the trailer. We're getting ready to leave. Y'all been singing and happy all of a sudden, uh, yeah, we were singing her happy birthday. Those that were still at the camp. And all of a sudden, I realized he's wearing Baby Yoda pajama pants. Yeah. <laughs> and everything's already packed. So I said. You get, a, you get a pass this time, but don't ever be in public with me with your pajamas on again. Which leaves us because Zach is not with me. We gotta go. We gotta, we gotta go. Come on, y'all. We're in time here. Oh, you got something now? She's had it the whole time. She was just waiting. She was doing sound. God is amazing. He is so good. When I was doing that, my paperwork, God had me sign down, sign up for audio. I never signed up for audio because <laughs> I just want to go to the front, just raise my hands and praise God. And pull That's the only reason she wants to go to campus so that she can get a job. I'm being honest. So I said, okay, Lord, click. And usually they don't ever need me for audio because they've got these youngins doing it and they've got these, you know, they've got people that know it and know what they're doing. So the first day I went down, up, reported in, and Mike, the head person, he says, uh, not Mike, not our pastor, not Pastor Mike, but Mike, the worker, the worker, he said, I can't do anything with it. They have used, the last four years, they have used Several years when they came out, they had used the digital boards. The camp bought an analog board. So Mike was like, I gave up when they came up with digital. So I was the only one there with the experience. So I said, I knew the situation was already hot. So I said, I'm going to have to tell people what to do. He said, can you fix it? She said, I said, 
And uh, I apologize up front, but I've got to tell people what to do, including you. And he said, okay. So I went up front and I spoke to the praise team and I said, I'm, the piano is overtaking all of you. I said, first thing we've got to do is bring that piano down halfway. And I said, and then I went through the steps, like we do here. Yeah, yeah. And Brother Bill was in the back and he was like, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and I said, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Brother Bill. And uh, so that blessed my socks off. Yeah. Because many times I have walked in that room and everybody looked at me like, what are you doing here? You know? So that blessed my socks off to start. The other thing that God told me was, <laughs> You're okay, Mama. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about me. It's about getting those kids where they need to belong. And I was like, yes, Lord. <laughs> so, God is so good. I watched. We got the end. We got the victory in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I watched Brother Randy be in the office he's supposed to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That blessed my socks off. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, Whew. I'm back there shouting. Just the beginning. I wanted to shout during y'all's testimony, but I can't today. But anyway, because <laughs> the camera picks up everything. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was so amazing, the first night the sound was way out of whack, and it still blessed you. God bless God bless them, God bless them, God bless them. So then I went out, so then, during praise and worship practice, so okay, I had to leave, had to leave dinner, go to praise and worship practice, and I had to go back, and it was just, I got to do this, you know. So I went down, and uh, the mic was operating the board, which was fine with me. I got to praise God. And it was the most amazing, beautiful. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. He took care of me. There was a little bit of confusion on who was going to lead. But there's a woman in the back with me, Melissa. You will meet her someday. She's an awesome lady. Yeah, yeah she's coming to our church at some point. When God, she was standing next to me. She was standing next to me the night before, singing with all of her heart, just praising God in the spirit. And I was like, I was just taking my, took my breath. And I turned to her and I said, You have got the most beautiful voice I have ever heard. It is, it is just. It was like an angel. It, it was just beautiful. And I said something to Miss. I casually said something to Miss Sandra about it. But Miss Sandra goes up to her room, and I don't know that's for me totally. I'm sure it's mostly God. And snatched her out of her room and brought her down to pray to, to practice. You, you've got to come with me right now. So let me let me just tell you guys. Because those that were at camp don't know this. Um, the the 
ultimately the praise team was made up of people from three different yeah, ministries who had never played together before. And, and some of that opposition that we were facing um, was had an impact on had yeah. an impact on the praise team. Yeah. And we were so the beginning of the week was yeah. a struggle. It was, it was a real struggle. The, the, the drummer and the bass player and the guitar players were from one church. The, the piano and lead praise worshiper was from another church. And then we pulled in Melissa, who is from another situation, another ministry. ministry. And it's her own ministry. She goes from church to church, and, yeah. and she's awesome. Anyway, she went up there. And my heart just melted. It was like the best part of camp for me. Other than Brother Randy and seeing the kids get released. And Oh, one more thing. I had to take pictures, which I had to do two years ago. Yeah. So, and, I, and I love it now. At first, I, I was like, okay, I've got to it's not about me. Yeah. So got to take pictures during praise and worship. So I go up to the corner of the stage, and the Youth are all right here, and I and and I got to take pictures of their faces, and it was amazing. It was amazing. I was like, the faces were like you could see the chains were breaking. You know, tears were were running down their faces. They were. Singing out with all their heart. I mean, they were just, I mean, they were loud. They were like, yeah. they were like, they were singing with all their heart. And you know, I don't think I've seen that for a long time. God works miracles at his feet. Yeah. Of all of us. And I think that's good. <laughs> glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. Well, um, glory, glory. this is, uh, just want to introduce Dakota here. Some of you may not know who he is. This is Dr. Dakota Brock. He is. Right. And, uh, and, and he's Miss Kathy's son. Come on. And uh, he's one of our first youth. We love Dakota. Come on, Dakota. That, that's something I, this is awesome. yeah, there, that's something I realized, too. As, as I look out into the crowd, there's many familiar faces. There's many new faces. But here's the thing. I really don't like talking about myself. <laughs> no, he does not. Never I don't has. have any socials, really. I don't keep up with it. The only person in this room that probably knows at least most of what's going on in my life is my mom, right? But, I mean, as we just, and my stomach is growling, but as we <laughs> just know. heard from Miss Ann, it's not about me, right? I think this needs to be said to glorify God, to give hope to the youth, to give hope to those who have gone through this already. Just basically what God's done in my life, right? And my life's been in different chapters. When I grew up here, I God laid on my heart a calling that I never understood, and I always sought knowledge. So you were to help people, and you were to cast a bigger net. But it's always what's been in my life, and I've never really understood it. And I've always wanted to understand it, and because of that, I got in my way many times, but I digress. <laughs> but I'm also an impact. I care so strongly for people and for others. When I hurt, I hurt deeply. So many of you today talked about like feelings of depression. I get that. It's hard when you get into that pit. It's hard to not think about yourself, to think about God saying, it's okay, I got you. I get that. It's hard to not fail to the flesh, to think about God. It's hard. But when I grew up, I grew up with my wonderful mom, who offered me everything. 
She, I, I led a very privileged life. I never wanted for anything. She provided everything for me in the form of substance, but that is it's the smallest level. She provided for me a foundation in faith, a reverence for God from day one. My One thing about my testimony is I've never not been a Christian. And that's awesome. I've been with this family for 26 years now. You know, and it's it's something that I am so grateful for every day. I don't have the baggage of not being a Christian. And that's remarkable what God can do with you, right? She offered in my home growing up this wonderful mindset of be open-minded and think about how can you help people. She facilitated this plan that God had for my life. Because I have a feeling that God kind of told her a little bit about it, too. She drove me, you know, in her mind, and she is a professional by her own right. She's a physician. She was called to help people. And she did that through trusting God up from nothing. She didn't have support. She didn't have financial support like I did. She didn't have her parents supporting her along the ways like I did. And so she was a tremendous enabler of that. And so as such, I went through school, did pretty well, didn't have to try too hard, relatively speaking, knew I wanted to help people. And especially growing up from here, what do you think? I want to go into the health industry. I want to help people, right? So went to college. College is hard. But here's the thing that my pastor back home says all the time. It doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God's not going to give you more than you can handle. You will always be given more than you can handle if you're following the path for God. That's right. What God will do is enable you to do it and to reach out to him. So yes, undergrad was a very rude awakening to me. Immediately, I had like a GPA in the twos. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) That doesn't look very good for medical school, does it? But here's the deal. As I'm growing in myself, as I'm growing in who I am and in who I am in God, I'm realizing medical school isn't it either. God just kept yelling at me, cast a bigger net. Because here's the thing. My mom reaches out to this community, and she touches thousands of lives. And that is nothing, no small feat, nothing to stop at whatsoever. But when I told God that, I was like, God, this is a huge net. He said, cast a bigger net. Yeah. Right? And so he called me to go to graduate school. But along the way, he knew me. He knew my heart, that I'm a committophile, if you know me. I will latch onto something well beyond it should maybe be latched onto. <laughs> and he knew that I desired to have this tremendous foundation in my life and to have this wonderful family. He gave me Christina. And furthermore, he taught me what it meant to be a husband and what it meant to be in a functioning family, in a functioning relationship. More, sorry, a functioning relationship, not a functioning family. I like to think we had a pretty functioning family. <laughs> that's something I didn't know. And that's something that you can have faith and trust in God and you can get. You don't have to have a precedent for it in your life. Your dad is not your father. No. That's exactly right. I love my dad. I have a pretty good relationship with him. But when I think about who has raised me, like a father does, it's God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I, it's true. And so I went to grad school, and grad school was really tough. God does not say he won't give you more than you can handle. Yeah. And it wasn't just hard for the studies. It's definitely hard for the studies. You have to unlock a whole new way of thought, right? But here's what, what's worse is time to put your faith to the test. My boss was a blatant atheist. He constantly would just say horrible things about my God every day 
at, for the expense of a laugh here and there for sarcasm, sometimes pointed at me, knowing that I was avidly a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. And God said, what are you going to do? Are you going to be mad? Are you going to blow up at him? Are you going to just sit there and get frustrated and take it? Are you going to be immature, or are you going to show him the love of God? Are you going to, in a constructive, are you going to reach him what he can understand, which is logic in academia? Are you going to reach to him, hey, maybe you're not right here? And he put that on my heart, and I challenge him every day. I think I was a thorn in his side. He was pretty happy to see me leave. (laughs) But here's the deal. He just said to me, again, we need to cast a bigger net, because I thought when I went in, oh, I'll be a professor. Then I can speak to the youth of all ages, because then that's a bigger net. That's not thousands, that's tens of thousands, that's hundreds of thousands. He said, cast a bigger net. So then I took a job into the proverbial lion's den. And you're noticing a phase here, right? Every step I take is another step into what could be danger. I had to trust in God. Yeah. Every step, yeah. right? Yeah. So now we're in the real lion's den. I moved five miles out of New York City. I worked for Big Pharma. I mean, this is the face of evil. Pretty much, right? These are people that profit off of people dying. These are people who, if someone, if they save someone's life, they're left with nothing. They're left with bankruptcy. This is hard, right? But here's the deal. The drugs that they make save people's lives, too, right? And I knew that I was called to be there. And I was really disappointed because I had two job offers at the time. One, I had the offer and had a time stamp on it. It was called what, what's called a postdoc. It's after your doctorate degree. It's a contract. You get paid about half as much as a normal uh, full full employee that's there for a while. Right. Um, and it, it's hard. I said I didn't want to do that. I said I wanted to get my career going so I could start a family, make the money finally, right, or whatever else, right? And I had this other job, and it was amazing. It was it was tremendously intellectually stimulating. It looks so great, but here's the thing. As you all know, the economy has been very up and down in the past five years, right? They were on a hiring freeze for full-time employees, but not for contract work. That offer never came through, and I was heartbroken. because I was like, this is it. This is what I would have excelled at. This would have been amazing. And God said, swallow your pride. You're taking this position. This is what I want for you. Cast a bigger net. What does that mean? So I go. I go, and I live in New Jersey, and I, I don't like it there. They aren't my people. They're rude. They, I, I'm from here, right? <laughs> We're friendly. You see someone on the side of the road, you stop, you help them fix their tire, you're not worried that they're going to, like, you know, be weird or something. <laughs> like, yeah. In, in Jersey, if you did that, I think they'd try to shoot you, you know? <laughs> like, but here's the deal. I was necessary, and every step of the thing, I keep thinking to myself, when I get in my own way, I messed up. I really messed up now. What am I doing? I, this is the wrong path. Why did I choose this? Why did I pigeonhole myself into this? No. This is God's path. Just trust him that this is right. Because when I was there, what I learned was the technique needed to now reach out to a millions and then tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people. Cast a bigger net. And the thing is, is that it was obvious to me that this wasn't my final place. We never even found a church in Jersey. We called into churches pretty much the entire time we were there, and not for lack of trying. I tried six or seven different churches when we were there, but we could never find a word church. It was all based on basically man-made interpretation. Yeah. That wasn't okay. So God called on us and said, you're moving to Cincinnati. I was like, what? 
never even thought about it. Well, that's not true. My best friends worked in Cincinnati, but I had never truly considered it. So Jan 1 of 2021, we're living in Jersey, and we're like, fine, we're doing this, you know? And so we just started applying really heavily to different positions there that we felt called to. Christina got a bite, and by April 1, we moved. But not before that, by Jan 1, we started attending those services at the church we go to now, because God told us to go there. And it's funny, we had this list of like 10 churches expecting to be like Jersey, where it would all be like these kind of man-made kind of creations and stuff. No, it was amazing. In fact, we listened to that service, and the next week we found a second church, and we're like, okay, let's listen. And we're like, ah, oh, can we just really go back to our first one? Right? It's just, you get called, you get pulled to God, so cast a bigger net, right? Finally, we're in Cincinnati, and it's amazing. Because finally, after 31 years, it took me 31 years for me, who's extremely impatient, if you couldn't tell, <laughs> who wanted nothing but granularity. What do you mean help people? After 31 years, I think I can finally say I understand part of it. <laughs> I don't think I understand most of it. It's like God wanted me to help everyone. I just got put on this project that I brought from the ground up, despite, again, running into issues with my upper management saying, no, you should be putting your time and effort into this. And I said, no, I'm called to do this. I will do this. And the whole point is, is that we're trying to stop deforestation. We're trying to stop our consumption of trees, breaking ecosystems, contributing to the plastic of the planet. God calls us to be stewards of this earth. And I won't contribute to it going down. I will help this earth. And by doing so, I will help billions. And that's what God called me to do. And it doesn't stop there. Because I'm not the end point in God's plan. Because Katie's the next step. Because as much as I know that God works in my life, reach out, cast a bigger net. The magnum opus, if you will, of casting a bigger net is through her. She's the future. And so now the final step is, again, swallow your pride. Figure out who you are. Lead a God-led life so I can offer that childhood for her. So she can go on to do even greater things in his name. Come on. Come on. Oh, that's such a good word. That's such a good word. And uh, if you knew Dakota, that was a big step for him. Yeah, I like to say it's woo-woo! Big. That's big. Thank you, Dakota. There was a great word in there for some that needed it greatly. But glory to God. I know you know it. I know you hear the Holy Ghost. Well, it's wonderful to give God glory and honor. And, uh, you know, when God's moving and the Word's speaking, we don't have to we're look at our watches. We just let God do it. He sustains us. Uh, but uh, glory to God, it's so good to hear from heaven. Our issues are cut and we'll do our tithes and offerings and, uh, and, and more praise. And that's just more praise and more honor to God. Um, there was so much that happened. We can't tell everything. Go take somebody out for lunch and sit down and talk to them some more because it was phenomenal. I think this has been my favorite camp out of all the years uh, because we got to see the power of love prevail. We got to see people truly staying in Christ when they were faced with opposition. We got to see Christians that that came together and, and pushed in in prayer. And I mean, it was just phenomenal, everything that we got to see this week. And uh, in the end, Woo, we all got the victory, and it was so good, and it was so sweet. And, um, you know, there's a move of God that's coming. There's a move of God that's coming. We're called to that uh, to that move, and we're going into that move. But there's a move coming, and uh, Satan's going to do everything he can to stop it. 
He's doing everything he can to stop it. He's doing everything he can to discourage us. He's doing everything he can to get us into fear and to doubt and to unbelief. He's doing everything he can. He's attacking every area right now on every person in this house. You know, um, like I said, believe, I mean, we're a small congregation. And to have five people, you know, it's to be five. Brother Richard's going to go to Houston for a little while. We're going to, before he goes, we're going to lay hands on him. And we're going to commission him as the first disciple being sent out from this church, from this ministry. He's going to go to he's going to go to Houston for a while. I believe it's by the hand of God, and uh, he's going to be a witness to Michaela. He's going to be a prayer warrior for Houston. I believe that's going to be the case. And uh, there's going to be people that he's going to come across that I believe he's going to lead them to Christ. And then him and Michaela are coming home. Currently, it looks like they're going to be he's going to be out on the field for about two years. Uh, but we're believing that God's going to cut that short and bring him and Michaela home sooner. And uh, in that, Miss Brooks going <coughs> to take care of some things here that need to be taken care of. So he's in a good situation when he comes home. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and so he's our fifth person leaving for a season. And he'll be the first one that we lay hands on and we commission him for that work. Yes. And uh, so just know God's plan will not be stopped. God's plan will not be stopped. Want to pray over the tithes and offerings? Sure. Lord, we we, come, we we thank you for this word that we received. We thank you for these testimonies. We thank you for for, for your Son Jesus Christ, who who died for us, so that so that we wouldn't so that, so that we wouldn't uh, so that we wouldn't uh, uh, separate. Lord, we know that that, that that He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He is our Head. And because of him, we are not the tail. He is our head, so we are not the tail. We, 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 we listen to him, we follow him, we become disciples of him, and, and your word goes into us so that we can we can so that we that it can bear that it can grow in our lives and bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those we come in contact with. Lord, we just thank you for this word, we thank you for these testimonies, and we thank you for being here with us. Lord, we just love you. We want to see your work done on earth as it is in heaven. So we give into your kingdom, Lord. We give we give generously and with with, with a with a loving and great and grateful heart. Lord, we just ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask for or thank towards the doing of your work. And we ask that you bless us in return so that we can be a bigger blessing to you and to your work. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may serve the people I'm giving online. Eric just went. Mm-hmm.